Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off The Mats Podcast. This episode is going to be a little different for us all. And if you didn't read the description, I don't want to give anything away. Not that it's any big announcement or anything special. Not like I'm pregnant or having a baby or nothing. But it's a fun episode and I enjoyed it. But I'm stepping in here just to give you a little bit of an intro and ask you that you hang out right after the end song where Sophie says, thanks for listening immediately starts up another question I was asked during the episode that got a little bit of a expanded answer. So I'm just asking for about five more minutes of your time after the episode ends. This is a relatively short episode anyway. So go ahead, stick around for me right after the credits. It's like our little Marvel post credit. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Love you all. Got any questions, reach out. But otherwise, enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off The Mats Podcast. I'm Tiana Taylor, your guest host for today. And our guest for today's podcast is our very own Jake Dante himself. Hello. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing all right. Yourself? I'm doing good. Enjoying a very hot Spain. Well, good. Well, outside of it being hot, but good. So how have you been since we spoke last? Been okay. It's, you know, just been busy, podcast stuff, and really just life, but been okay. Good. How about yourself? I've been, I've been busy, very busy, but in a good way. And I'm going to do a little bit of traveling around Spain because there are some parts I haven't seen. So I'm excited about that and looking forward to having some nice warm weather for longer than we, than we would have in the UK. So everything everything's good my end. And I'm very excited to be here today and turn the tables and get to ask you some questions for a change. Okay. Um, I'm excited too. I've been looking forward to this, so I'm ready. Okay. So myself, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners would like to know, what made you decide to get into podcasting? Well, my friends of all, I've been doing podcasts for a while with my, my friends over at Nerd Rage Radio. And, you know, their setup has always just been fun. You know, you come over and you know, we, we set up in, in the little recording room down in my buddy's basement, and it's just a fun time. And it, it's an opportunity for us all to kind of just talk and just really discuss topics in, in that realm, at least, when it comes to comic books, collection, uh, action figures, and statues and stuff like that, the movies. So, you know, I really like doing that. It was just, it was a way for people to kind of sit in on the conversation amongst friends and I kind of realized at one point, I was like, well, you know what? I like talking about, you know, just a wide variety of other things. And just, I mean, you know, anyone that's listened to this knows I, I, I go so off topic. So, <laughs> um, so I decided, you know what? Let me go ahead and give it a try. I had been wanting to do it for a very, very long time. And then when COVID hit, it was like, okay, well, I'm doing shit else. So may yeah. as well order some equipment and worst case sit in this basement and talk to myself 
<laughs> it sounds like it developed then quite organically with you being in a room with your friends and just having a, a chat about interesting topics and your interests. And you mentioned that you gave it a go during the pandemic and got the equipment. If somebody was wanting to start their own podcast, what advice would you give them? Because some people may not know where to get the equipment from or exactly what they would need. Um, really with equipment, you don't need a whole lot of stuff. I, I'm a little extra, so I, I just, like, I spend money for no reason. As if I were rich, I'm not, I'm far from it. But, um, in reality, you know, you could get like a single, like, you know, mic for your phone. You record yeah. from your phone and do it that, that simple. I like to have control of like, you know, stuff from a mixing board. I like to control the sound and things like that. And, and just goofy things but the one thing i would say as far as um starting a podcast is preparation and when i say preparation i mean like even before you even sit down and record your first episode just make sure you have everything in line you know for me it was important to first have an ideal of what i wanted to do which the funny thing is, I don't even really do what I initially wrote down. So, you know, it's like I wanted to do a podcast. I really wanted to do an MMA podcast. And okay. Then that, yeah, like, and I, you know, it is still kind of loosely, you know, kind of in that realm. But I would say, you know, for myself at least, the one thing I did was give myself like a, a core outline of how I would do the show. And even with that, once I started, I realized I like to just sit and have a regular conversation, but I want to make my guests feel comfortable. So I, I try to, you know, determine who's going to be the guests, like how we're going to go about it. If it's going to be, you know, old friends, we're just going to jump in and start talking. And yeah. if it's someone new, I'm going to ask questions kind of interview style because I don't know you, so I'm trying to get to know you that day, almost like a first date. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just, you know, prepping for the podcast, you know, have an idea where you want to go with this, mm. how long you want to have the episodes be, how frequently you want to do the uh, episodes and be consistent. The, the one thing that I love to brag about with Nerd Rage Radio is, and you know, maybe this isn't a brag because in most like, podcasts they tend to you know you know not miss an episode not miss a week and that's one thing i love to brag about with the rages they've been doing this for about five almost six years they haven't missed an episode so for myself i took that i was like look i i want to stay on that run as well i haven't missed an episode yet hell sometimes i've done three episodes in a week which maybe i should have just saved one off <laughs> and you know so i am kind of backed up and can't get one out but um just have a plan for how long you want the show to go how frequently you want the show to be um you know do you want to be kind of like mixing like current stuff or you know like if, if you're going to talk about anything that's current like a ufc card or a current event in the news you know you know, you have to be aware of that release date in conjunction with, you know, what you're discussing as well. Because I, I have a friend who does another podcast. They talk about, you know, new movies 
but they'll give you the episode like a month later. And it's like, well, I don't fucking care about that movie anymore. I've moved on. So yeah. be aware of just those little things. Uh, otherwise, I honestly, it, I say it's simple, but I think because I've been doing it. So to me, it seems simple. But from the outside, it's like, that, dude, that seems like, you know, there's, there's got to be more details. And honestly, just, you know, if you're getting equipment, if you want to go into the bigger scale of just like getting the mixing board and the mic and earphones, I would say, you know, Amazon has a good selection of, you know, nice, like starter, like beginner uh, mixers and microphones. And also make sure you have enough mic- microphones. Prep yeah. that in advance too, because I've had guests come on. I was like, oh shit, I only have two mics. I have four people. So, like yeah. little details. Yeah, so it seems a lot of planning. And did you teach yourself how to do the editing? Uh, yeah, for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> and what was that like, particularly at the beginning, when you were completely new to it? It was a lot more stressful because I wasn't really sure even how to do any of this. Even like how we're doing this, we're recording through StreamYard right now um, remotely. And before, so my first episode was with my teammate. We were face-to-face in the room, and I, I used my phone to record on, which was horrible because I thought it had two mics, and it did not. So you couldn't hear him <laughs> at all. So then my second episode, I finally broke the mixer out, and I recorded remotely, but then I didn't know how to convert the video or the audio from video. So... That was very stressful because I was freaking out and I was sending messages to everyone like, hey, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about this? And, um, you know, my buddy Zach, he connected me with someone. They're like, okay, here's, you know, they sent me a link and it's worked ever since. So um, the earlier parts of editing was kind of stressful because I really, I was just kind of learning as I, you know, was going along. Uh, probably, and that was in August of 2020. Once I got to about maybe October, so you know, about a year, a year ago, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, it it is so much easier, and now it's, you know, when I record in person, I, I edit like on the go. Like we're just sitting there, we're talking. Like, I was like, okay, I just said something really fucked up, so I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> make a note here and take that out now. Um, but it's not, I always make things seem very difficult, but things aren't difficult at all. It's just, I take the long route when everyone else is like, Hey, dude, you could have taken a step just straight ahead, but instead you went six steps to the right and then four (laughs) steps back. And then you went seven steps to the left and then you went eight steps forward. You could have just taken one step forward. Dummy. Yeah. So. Okay, so for anyone listening, some really valuable advice there. If you're interested in starting a podcast, it seems planning is key. So many thanks for that input, Jake. I think a lot of your listeners would like to know more about you. Who is Jake Dante? We know you do several podcasts. Um, But something I would like to know, and I think a lot of people would like to know, is with the life experience that you've had... and you've mentioned in previous podcasts, if you could go back in time 
and speak to a 15-year-old Jake Dante, what would you say to him? Uh, one thing that always, I, I reference this a lot with uh, family and friends. When I was, I believe, 14, 14 or 15, so around that time, I really wanted a Super Nintendo. Like, really, 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 really wanted one. Like, I was, it was my birthday. My grandmother was out of town. My grandfather was like, he offered me everything else but a Super Nintendo. He was like, I'll get you a watch, which I, I don't care about watches. I don't care about jewelry. He was like, I'll get you new shoes. Like, you know, everybody was like rocking Jordans. I couldn't care less. He, he was like, well, what do you want? And I was like, look, man, I want this Super Nintendo. You guys don't want to get me the Super Nintendo. So he's like, look, I'm going to get it for you. Don't tell your grandmother. She's going to kill me. So he gets me the Super Nintendo. I played that damn thing for like, what, four straight days? I don't even think I slept. I played Super Mario World, like, which is a fun game at that time. But when you really look back, I was like, dude, you could have played so many better games. <laughs> but I played that game for four straight days. And... I knew report cards were upcoming. So I was trying to get that energy out now. Like, go ahead, play this game because you know you're going to lose it. So I get my report card and the grades are terrible, like really, really bad. And I, I you know, my grandfather, he sees, you know, I give a report card to my grandfather. And then also I went downstairs and I boxed up the Super Nintendo and I brought it upstairs to him. And my grandfather was like, no, keep it. This is your gift. But I also want you to understand that you are going to do things in life right now. You're going to make decisions that will have a major effect on you 10 years, 15 years down the line. It may not seem it, but you need to be aware of what you're doing now and how it's going to affect you later. Mm. So... Me being a teenage boy hearing that, all I heard was keep the Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I went back downstairs, spoke some bitch back up, and played for another two straight days. Um, <laughs> so, honestly, if I had to go back and tell the 15-year-old me, you know, anything, I would say, you know, really listen to that advice and, and understand it. And I think that was kind of a thing too, is just the understanding of what he was saying. I just didn't get it. So I would sit with the 15 year old me and really kind of break that down. Yeah. And, um, and also, you know, really, really a big thing now that I do versus then is be you like, like, and I was always authentic. But I was also always, you know, looking for approval from peers at that time. You know, most teenagers were. Yeah. But I feel like it's important to explain to that younger me, like, look, dude, be unapologetically yourself, no matter what that may entail. And, you know, see where it goes. Maybe... It is weird because I like, you know, things now. So how much different would it be had I taken that advice? Hmm. That's very, very sound advice from your grandfather, though. Though I can see why being 15, your takeaway from that 
there's not the consequences from your actions, but you know, keep the Nintendo. <laughs> well, because I was excited I, and you I really like that game. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so who's your, would you say is your biggest inspiration in your life and why? My, my grandmother, no, well, both my grandparents, actually, they, they've been through, you know, a lot, you know, being in their nineties, obviously they've, you know, seen so much. Um, one of the big things with them though, is my grandmother, she's very patient. Mm. And I like to think that I get that patience from her and they, they're understanding. They try to understand, you know, if a situation approaches, you know, they don't just jump to conclusions. And I want to say that's something that comes with age, but I've seen some grownups, you know, that just jump to conclusions without yeah. knowing the facts, um, especially in this climate, this climate of the world now where here in the U.S. there's a lot of just division people yeah. just make assumptions my grandparents as far as i understand they never made assumptions they never um you know they let me be me and you know when i look back on that i always think about just growing up you know as my years have passed through i've always kept those things in mind you know just mm -hmm. always you know, be patient with everyone, be understanding of everyone. And, you know, also realize too, that my interpretation of something isn't the same as what someone else is seeing. So if I say, Hey, Tiana, can you um, hand me that blue microphone over there? And, you know, there's a, a, like a bunch of microphones, you're like blue microphone. Like I see a purple one. No, no, that's blue. Well, no, it looks purple to me, uh, you know, understanding, you know, it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, break your balls about you seeing it as purple versus me seeing it as blue. You know, yeah. it's just the shading of things, you know, may look different to someone else. Or I have a friend that they're very particular, like, Hey, make, go down the street, make a turn at the light that like, you mean the traffic light or that light post. It always would frustrate me when she would say that, but it's like, you know what? I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. no, go down to the traffic light and make the right turn. Like, and then I think to myself, who the fuck ever says make a turn at the light post? No one. But, <laughs> but I get it. And and that's yeah. kind of the whole point is just understanding that everyone's perception of things are a little different. So you have to be patient with that. My grandparents have always done a wonderful job with showing that. And I feel like so much so that I definitely picked up on that. And also, especially my grandma, apparently she had a motorcycle. Apparently, I didn't know that. My grandfather told me she had a motorcycle. I was like, that's wild. My grandma's on a motorcycle. But also she had, she had a kind of a temper, apparently. And to see that, you know, she's kind of gotten past that. And she's a wonderful human. I mean, she's also fucking 90 years old, I guess, at this point. It's like, well, I have a temper. I'm old. Like... <laughs> Let me just be old and leave me the hell alone. But I, I've definitely worked on my anger issues from my childhood. And it's, a lot of that's been because, you know, just watch my grandparents as examples. 
Yeah, they sound like really, really lovely people. And what you said, I think, is really important about people's perspectives being different because everyone has lived through something in a different way. And I think sometimes there's a there can be competition of who's correct, who is, you know, if it's a case of, I don't know, so who's suffering more, who's overcome more. And um, yes. people can get a bit competitive about things like that but as you say being patient and being understanding I think is definitely a very value very valuable skill but I agree it's not something that necessarily comes with age because I myself know people older than myself who really do not do not possess those qualities yeah so. it's it's a very bizarre thing because you would think that's kind of common sense to everyone but it, I've, I've seen a lot of people where, you know, we get into these conversations about who's got it worse. You know, it's like I have a coworker. He's a father. Mm-hmm. And he has uh, two daughters that are older than mine. My daughter's five. His daughters are at least 10, at least. And I don't, you know, come to work and complain about my home life because, you know, they say don't bring home life to work. Although it's okay to take work life home. That's kind of fucking dumb, but whatever. Um, but you know, he'll ask, like, you know, how how you know, how's the family? And I was like, everything's okay. You know, my daughter, you know, she's full of sass and energy. And it's like, oh, oh, wait until they get to this age. You know, and it's like there's this thing that he does where it's like almost like, well, you think yours has a lot of sass, mine has sass, and you know, at this age, and then it's like Okay, I mean, that's cool. Like, I, I, it's not a competition, dude. Yeah. So, you know, or you know, I have someone in my life. You know, they've been through some stuff, and when they're kind of you know recounting it, they'll say to me, "There's nothing compared to what you've been through." So I'll be quiet. And I was like, "No, don't do that," because yeah. you survive what you survived. I don't know that I would have survived that. Yeah, and absolutely. Who say you would survive what I've gone through? So I don't think anyone's, you know, there there are things definitely that that have happened to individuals that are far worse. I think, but I know I don't look at my experiences in life and say to myself, "Well, I know I've had a rougher life, so I'm going to be able to, you know, endure more than this person who's lived a cushy life." No, it, it, everyone's experiences are what what you know what it is for them and you know i always say like jeff bezos you know it's like oh he's rich he has no problems well i mean if somebody put the wrong fuel in his yacht that's a big fucking problem yeah you know we might say oh well buy another one you rich motherfucker no (laughs) he's rich you know not you know not because he's buying 12 yachts because someone fucked up 11 of them you know he's rich because you know he's doing I don't know, rich people shit. (laughs) (laughs) But basically what I'm getting at is just because someone, you know, is living a good life doesn't mean they don't have their own problems in some capacity. Yeah. I think, again, it comes down to, as you mentioned before, experiences and perspectives and how you deal with that. So uh, a young teenager who has a lot of sass, like your your co-worker's daughter, um, he may interpret it that way because he might not have the patience to deal with the intensity of her emotions, for example. 
But when people say, um, I find that when people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't be sad, it could be worse. Does that mean, does that mean then I shouldn't be happy because I there are people who are happier? Do you see yeah. what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. there's people who've got it worse, but there's also people who've got it a lot better. So this comparison game, I think, is, yeah, not a good one. I agree. And it's, it's, it's really silly, but unfortunately, that's just, I mean, we have nearly 8 billion people on the planet. So, you know, uh, somewhere along the line, you know, people are just going to, you know, not get it that way. And even me just saying it this way is kind of a, you know, is, is really me judging, I guess. Yeah, fuck oh, them. no, you're, you're sharing, you're, you're sharing an opinion. It's you're sharing an opinion. People have their own belief systems, their own core values, and you're very clear about what yours are. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and knowing who you are and being authentically yourself, I think that's to be applauded in a society where, you know, every everything is set about changing who you are. Yeah, true. It, you know, like I said, I'm I'm of the mindset of just look, dude. I'm just gonna be me, and with being me, a big part of that is to be as kind as possible without expectation. Yeah, yeah, that's re that's really nice. Okay, so in our last podcast, you gave a shout out to Mrs. Manders, who was one of your elementary um, school teachers, and she said that we all need to care more. And that's something that you, that's something that's really stuck with you. In general, what do you think, what else do you need to think we need to do more of in society? I think overall, understand. I mean, what we were just kind of going over is understand that everyone's perspective is different, but I just think in general, just be patient be understanding because that's going to go a long way in in caring more like yeah that i feel like also slowing down we move too fast everyone's in such a rush you know i see people driving all the time just speed up. i see people running red lights near where i live all the time and i've three times i've almost been hit because people running red lights and it's like you know, people are in a rush, people aren't paying attention, you know, people don't care, you know, and that's what it all kind of boils down to is people just don't care. You know, I've, you know, I've seen, you know, teenagers speeding and being silly. And then, you know, there's always a start as if they hit your car and you have a child in the car and that child is injured and the kid's like, oh my God, I didn't know there was a baby in the car. Would you have driven any differently had you known there were a baby in the car? They, you should assume every car has a baby in yeah. it. So I think just a big part of caring more, it involves patience, understanding, and just slowing down. Yeah. Yeah, being from just outside London, I'm very, very guilty of doing things very, very quickly because I walk very fast. I'm trying to speak more slowly than normal, but I, yeah, that's something I can definitely relate to the need to slow down and be present really 
be present because it's always the next thing we've got to do, always in a rush, always got to be somewhere else. And I think that's how we miss the present moment. I definitely agree. It's, you know, we're always either looking to what's upcoming or we're always dwelling on what's happening. Let's just worry about yeah. the present moment and yeah. and get through it. So. so when are you at your happiest? Um, when I'm reading stories with my daughter, even when I'm like falling asleep, um, we're, you know, we're reading stories at bedtime and we do, uh, what she calls a quiet song, which is usually just, you know, some like R and B song, um, you know, just kind of to like tone the evening down for her. Yeah. Um, those are happier moments for me just being with my daughter in general she she's full of energy and just full of life and big emotions but it's beautiful to see that that human condition of hers like you know you know it's like we always call each other goobers and it's like (laughs) just us being silly um that and then uh, jujitsu when i'm when I'm training or post-training, I definitely feel like I want, after I get done training, I want to call everybody like, dude, I love you so much, man. Like, you know, you're such a great friend. And actually I do that sometimes. I'll like, I'm driving home. So, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while. Call someone's like, Hey man, what's going on? Life is life. I was like, we're man. Hey man, I just wanted to reach out and let you know, man, I was thinking about you, man. I love you. You know, it's like, you know, that like post jujitsu feeling those, yeah, those uh, endorphins flowing through was like, oh man, that was good. I almost died a bunch of times on the mat, but feel good about it. You um, almost died, but you've come alive. That's yeah, how it feels. yeah. It's like, oh, that was near death. I better, better cherish and embrace what I have because my friend could have just choked me unconscious and left me on the mat. <laughs> they could have killed me and went off and got pizza right after. Um, but yeah, those were amongst my happier. Like when I'm like, I feel happiest is when I'm definitely spending time with my daughter and, you know, like whether we're playing with action figures, doing stories, singing songs. Uh, even when she comes down here, she'll grab a microphone. It's not plugged up or turned on. She'll pretend she's doing a podcast. And oh, bless her. And, you know, those things, they make me smile because it's like, I think it was like one thing I say to my wife about my daughter is like, I can never understand what she's going through right now. Just, you know, and that's for anyone though, you know, just trying to understand it. But what, what I say, what I mean when I say I can't understand, it's like, I don't know that experience. I, I can never understand that experience of having this freedom. Like she comes downstairs, she grabs a microphone, she, she sets up her paper, like their notes and she starts, like, she sounds like she's, you know, a natural. So it's like, that that kind of stuff makes me so happy just to see it's like she's got such a you know bright future ahead of her i think yeah and does does sophie train does your daughter train so during the lockdown so we're gonna start that spring because she would have been old enough to start the classes for um our little or tiny ninjas everything was locked down so we weren't able to get her signed up but we're doing um virtual classes and i would help coach those sometimes so i would have her come down in her little gi 
and you know do drills and i had the tiny ninjas curriculum so i would you know go over stuff with her at home but she does not formally train at the gym right now my, my wife wants to put her in dance first and then uh, we'll move to jujitsu when she's a little older so i'm okay with that for now yeah i i think um little children when they're in a gi they just look so adorable yeah it's it, it's it's like a lot of times the geese are a little big for them so it's like yeah you know, so it's just like this little human like swimming in this suit so it's always funny so when it comes to jiu-jitsu do you prefer training or teaching um it's kind of a mixed bag for me so i do love the train like when when i'm able to uh, uh there's nothing more other than again spending time with my family but i do enjoy coaching uh, and it's weird because there are a lot of moves that i can't do myself physically but i you know i can explain how to do them because i've messed it up so much you know to me it's like oh well I know where I'm messing up. I just can't physically do it. You know, like I have friends who, you know, train and they're, they're just built differently, you know, specifically like, you know, longer limbs. And I know, you know, that's always the thing when I can't do a triangle, it's like, well, I have short stubby legs. And they're like, well, you know, change your angle. You no, know, I, I agree. You're correct. Um, but in, in knowing that it's easier for me to kind of explain that to, um, when, when coaching the, you know, the kids or, you know, even friends, but between the two of them, I'd probably like to train a little bit more um, yeah. just because, you know, I do love jujitsu through and through, but I love actually physically like moving my body and doing jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get a lot out of teaching as well. I find because being an injured myself at the moment, I'm um, helping out with the fundamentals classes. And even in those, there are some things that I physically cannot do because of my ACL injury. But I do find that going over those those details that I haven't been over for quite quite some time really aids my own understanding. But that said, if you if I did have the choice, it would definitely be I want to be training properly. But teaching and improving my knowledge of the basics not only helps out our main instructor but it keeps me involved in jiu-jitsu because it is very common as you know when people get injured to give up and i really don't want to do that absolutely it's I remember my first injury and it, it wasn't that well i mean i don't think it was that bad in retrospect but I remember just things like, mm, this is a little rough. Should I should I be doing this? It's like, you know, but I've done football and basketball all my life. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you get hurt, dude. Bounce back. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot I can do that. So Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the next part. This is this is quite fun. This should have some in some interesting ideas come out of this. Mm. So I just to clarify for listeners, I am British, but I live in Spain. I am not Spanish. Okay. <laughs> I'm not Spanish. And I am aware that you obviously cannot speak for everyone in the US. But what are some of the stereotypes people in the United States have about British people? 
Um, I, hmm, that's tough because like, I don't really pay attention to a lot of stereotypes. Well, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> um, I, I think with, with uh, the Brits, I think it's a little different because at least for me, because it's like, oh, well, you all speak English. You know, it's like, you all, I think I have quite a few friends from England though. So yeah. I don't know that there's a stereotype in my mind that comes to mind. Well, okay. Here's one that I think, and, and this was kind of like with my first um, encounter with you. And, <laughs> and, and it's like, I always personally think it's like, and I also said this to some friends, and they they reminded me of some other friends over there, um, in England. They're like, oh, but I was like, you know, they're they're like super, like they they seem sophisticated and worldly and and very very intelligent. And they're like, you know, one of my brothers like, well, maybe, but also remember a new set of friends' names. Like, he's a dumb fuck. So <laughs> they're not all that way. <laughs> like, no, uh, no, yeah, that's so, uh... so that's my take on it. And you know, I'm not saying it because I'm on a podcast with <laughs> you know with you. No, that is one of those things where I'm always like, I'm always nervous because it's like you guys know a lot of stuff, and it's like I kind of know the alphabet. You know, <laughs> I learned in my adult life, like, oh, that's why this letter makes that sound. It's not at the beginning, and it's at the end where the sound comes. Oh, you know, I was in my twenties. I was like, oh my god, I'm really, really fucking dumb. Um, I, I'm trying to think. That's one thing that I personally always think with, um, you know, anyone from England is like, you guys seem studious. In some people the, are, but like your friend correctly pointed out, there are some people who are really not. <laughs> yeah, well, as soon as he said that person's name, and I was like. Uh, I guess you're right. I mean, he's a great guy. He actually is very bright, but it's like, but no, he, he's he's kind of on the same level as me. So it's like, we know stuff, but then it's like, it, when it comes to certain things, it's like, dude, you're pretty fucking dumb. It's like, uh, well, <laughs> it's not, I, I never claim to be a genius. Trust me. I, you know, um, trying to think. Um, you had, have you heard of fish and chips? Yes. And what oh. does what does that mean to you, fish and chips? Because people have two interpret as I as I in my experience, um, North Americans have two interpretations of fish and chips. One of which is mind blowing to me. So, my interpretation of it, and this is based off of a fast food chain called Long John Silver's. It mm-hmm. we would have fried. I I think it was cod. In uh, French fries, yes. So yeah. that that's always been fish and chips to me in my mind. Although I know there are times where I when I hear it and I do think like regular old potato chips here, like a bag of like Fritos or not Fritos, but uh, like Lay's potato chips or you know whatever is the regional brand that people are listening to may have, but. I would always think like, oh, it's just like a plate of fish and some potato chips. That sounds fucking gross. That's what a lot of people think it is. That's what, yeah. I, I've been, I've been asked about that a lot. But actually, in in England, the most common 
um, fast food dish is actually chicken tikka masala. It's not fish and chips. That's wild. <laughs> that yeah, doesn't sound like fast food at all. But we're so multicultural now that, um, yeah, different foods are, are taking over. But I, I've often been asked if I've met the queen. Mm. <laughs> That's another one. So, so it's weird because it's like, that's a thing in my mind, but I don't know if it's so much a stereotype, you know, because when I think about England, I think about the Queen, I think about, uh, you know, uh, Prince Charles, um, you know, the royal family, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess, if anything, yeah, an older stereotype or like a thought before I, you know, had the internet was that you all lived in castles. <laughs> Most definitely not. Like castles with, with a <laughs> moat and a, and a drawbridge. <laughs> and it's like, and then when I finally got older and like started like, you know, seeing things on the internet, it's like, oh, they got regular ass houses like us, like shires, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, it's, it's not so different after all. Hmm. Your, I think your houses are a lot better. They're a lot bigger mm. They're much, much bigger. I, I, don't know. I don't think that's really a great thing. I'm a minimalist, so I'm like, mm, right. do, do we need all that space? Like, why you need? I had a friend where they bought a house. I think it had five bedrooms or four bedrooms. Uh, no, it might have been five. It was a bunch of bedrooms. They're using like a couple of rooms as closets. And I was like, why do you need a whole room for a closet? And they got all these clothes. Like, why do you need so many clothes? They, you don't do shit. You go to work and come home and drink. Like what the fuck you need all these clothes for? <laughs> like I, you know, I think of practical shit like that. It's like for me, yeah. When I'm about to buy something, most of my money I spend on action figures, which I just bought a bunch. Um, you know, but it's like, but the same question can be asked me, like, why well, you need all these fucking toys? You need all these toys around? Like, what are you sitting in your basement playing with fucking toys now? Were you a kid? It's like, well, yeah, actually, I am very much whatever, a kid. Whatever makes you happy. Whatever makes you happy, Jake. I, see, that's what I mean right there. That's that's all it takes is like when you say whatever makes you happy, that's what I think everyone should be like. Just like, yeah. do be happy. Yeah, and respect what happy means for other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like you know, if you say, hey, man, whatever makes you happy, you're like, well, you know, pushing old ladies down makes me happy. He's like, well, dude, what the fuck? Relax. <laughs> yeah, not that. <laughs> like, never mind. Be depressed. Go home. Cry a little. So that's about the UK and the ideas. Some are met. Some. Let's not make sweeping generalizations. I don't want your listeners to dislike me. Um, but what do you think are some of the misconceptions people from other countries have about the United people from the United States? <laughs> um, I think one thing that people may misconstrued about us here in the u.s and this is just from my perspective being here so it's a little different i'm probably way off the mark i would say honestly this uh i guess i would say ego because i can't think of the other word but it's like we're number one this this mentality of like we're the best in the world we're number one like no one can stop us we're better than everyone else uh you know, it's like, and it's just not at all true. Uh, I don't think it's true of all of us here in the U.S. I, I think there's a pocket of people that are loudest, 
that may have that kind of sentiment and, and attitude, and that's what the media puts out there. But in reality, a lot of us are very, very um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Welcoming, you know, like hospitality. Yeah. You know, it's like you come over to visit us. You know, we're going to welcome you with open arms. We're going to take care of you. We're going to make you feel comfortable and at home. But I think, you know, we may get kind of a reputation for being hostile and not inviting at all. You know, when you see the news reports of the border talks and, and you know, closing our borders and stuff. And it's like that's, you know, it's an isolated thing that it's being focused on. But in reality, you know, you come over here and visit us. You know, we are very welcoming. You know, yeah, very, I love the States. I love coming to visit you guys. It's it, I mean, I've only been to a handful of states myself, but each each one is different too. It's so unique where you may mm-hmm. go, uh, whether it be Colorado, um, you know, out west, or up to you know Michigan and, and Illinois in the Midwest, or to Florida, you know, in the South, and here in Amer- in Maryland. I don't know where the fuck Maryland is. Like, like I, I guess well, East Coast, you know, Maryland, Virginia, D.C., Delaware, all those states, and you know, little areas, everyone's so different. And mm-hmm. I think that is one of the beautiful things about the United States, really the world. But like here in the U.S., we got 50 states and each one of those states is like having 50 kids and everybody's got their own little personality. And some of those kids, Florida, you know, we might say, hey, man, why don't you go sit down and time out for a little bit? You're getting a little wild out there. <laughs> and- yeah, I went. I, I I visited Miami, which was interesting. Um, inter- yeah, when, when a Brit uses the word interesting, it has about six different meanings. So I can I'll let you decipher how what I mean by that. But I love absolutely love California. I and lo- um, but actually even in Miami, the the welcoming, the customer service, the have a nice day. You just feel so good after interacting with. Um, with people who work in customer service. I know obviously it is a very tough job. Not everybody is particularly respectful to the workers. And I think that can happen anywhere. But one thing I particularly like about the US is, um, I mean, I don't quite understand the clapping if you're the first person in certain stores. I think that's a, a little bit much. I had that in New York in a couple of stores I went in. Um, really? But, yeah, I was the first customer of the day and I got a clap and I felt I didn't really know what was going on, but it was it was very sweet. All the staff were so full of energy, so ready to help. And um, living in Spain, where I'm going to be honest, customer service is not a thing. It does not exist here. Um, the UK is, I would say, a middle ground where you get some people who some workers who are really welcoming, others who you can kind of tell they don't want to be there. And then on the other end, you have the US where in my experience, I visited a number of times, but I obviously don't live there. So I don't want to make sweeping generalizations. But the customer service I've received in the US has been 20 out of 10. Just even if if the people didn't want to be in that job, I wouldn't have been able to tell because they're so welcoming, always asking questions about where you're from. Um, my accent goes down pretty well, but to me, I don't have an accent. Everyone else does. Um, but I, I'm a big fan, big fan of the States. 
in in Spain <laughs> a lot of um a lot of people comment that they can tell who's American by how they dress and you can usually hear them before you see them because <laughs> some some I'm using I'm using the word some I'm not I'm not making sweeping generalizations some people talk very loudly but again in the UK yes. some people talk very loudly so you know yeah. well, I think that's a thing too it's like with the US especially you know or like anywhere you're going to have individuals that are just you know they stand out more yeah. um and, and i'm still like kind of tripping on the being the first customer in the store and clapping i think that might have just been like kind of an individual thing for that store i think it was um, if i'm not mistaken it was maybe the apple store oh no well, yeah okay not never never mind that's that's yeah it sounds like some some yeah i'll, I'll choose my words wisely here but yeah that's they they're interesting I know you walk to my shop, you're first. I'm not clapping for shit. As a matter of fact, I'm probably well, gonna go sigh. <laughs> yeah, I sigh very loudly. You know, I'm polite. I'm like, fuck. Hey man, so what brings you in today? It's like it's this rhetorical question because I don't care. It's like, well, I'm here to uh inquire about no, yeah, no, I I just asked a question, I didn't really want an answer. I would like for you to leave. You've I'm not a horrible th- human. No, um, you're not at all. But you've got but, me thinking now. You've got me thinking now when I've been in the US of people just being like overly polite to me and thinking, oh, will she just leave? So the thing is, I think it's kind of an initial uh, first take. It's like when people come into the office at my job, I'm like, oh, fuck. But after they're there for a few minutes and we get to talk and it's like, oh, they're a very pleasant person. I don't want them to leave now. You know, oh. I would love for them to stick around. I have tenants that come in all the time. And I'm like, dude, like, you know, stick around. Like it, I, I had someone I did a rental with at work and, you know, we, we got along so well. They were done. They were kind of just hovering around. I was like, hey, you guys are done. Like you guys can leave. You know, you're free to leave. Or if you want to stay, that's cool. I'm about to order pizza. So if you guys want pizza, I'm, I'm ordering treat treats on me, um, you know, but I, I think first thing in the morning, though, at least for me, it's like, I don't want to see nobody. As a matter of fact, there are times I pull up and there are people waiting and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? Don't you guys got jobs? <laughs> like, go to work. Like, leave me like, don't come to my work. Go to your work. Like, Why are you here? It's too early. Fuck off. <laughs> Now, just to clarify to listeners, I absolutely love the US. I love Americans. I think you're awesome. Well, thank and you. I, I always used to want I'll, to live, live I'll over there. I'll take the thank you for everyone in America here. I'll say it for them. Like, <laughs> on behalf of the United States, we thank you. Oh, I feel very privileged. There's something I want you to try, if you can, to help me understand. Because there, there is something about the US that I don't understand at all. And maybe you can help me. So the U.S. has a population of over 333 million people. Okay, the U.K. has a population of 67 million. Okay, yeah, so 33, 333 million compared to 67 million in the U.K. We have four main 
political parties that receive an equal level of campaigning. But with the US being so much bigger, how on earth is it just the Republicans and the Democrats kind of put forward as the two main parties when you've got such a massive country? Because that's something I don't understand. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, so, um, you know, the parties have kind of changed over years. We've had so many different parties that a lot of people aren't really aware of, though, too. You know, is people don't tend to look back at older stuff. You know, they, they might look back and then they just kind of cast to the side. And, and myself being included in that, you know, like at one point, like, you know, right now we have the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. At one point, it was, I believe it was uh, the Democratic Republic or Republic, you know, basically they were merged as one. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, there's the Whig Party, um, the fundamentalists, but not uh, federalists, um, you know, stuff like that. So there are other parties that, that were more prominent, you know, way back, you know, early on. Um, as time kind of shifted into the 20th century, then you ended up somehow, some way getting that split to Democrats and Republicans. And even with that, the parties were flip-flop then. You know, the Republican Party used to be more uh, liberal and the Democratic Party was more conservative. So, and, and that, you know, that goes even, you know, back to, you know, Abraham Lincoln when, you know, slavery was abolished because people love to throw that one out there. It's like, well, there's Republicans that freed the slaves. You know, like, well, you know, they're, you know, kind of a different party back then. So it's not like, you know, they were the the party that loves Trump now party like that, that we see today. And, you know, it, it's just things kind of go in these different flows. Now, with so many citizens that we have in this country in, in you know, only having the two main political parties, I mean, a big part of that is media, you know, like whenever a third party does try to run, whether it be libertarian um, or just, you know, Ross Perot running as an independent back in the uh, 92 election, you know, it, it's, you know, the media tries to really, you know, push those guys to the side. It's like, well, you know, we're only here for, you know, red and blue. We're not here for any other party at this point. And, you know, we're, we're only able, unfortunately, to most Americans, at least, we're only able to really function off of what we're fed by the media. And, and it's kind of a big thing that I'm just focusing on and paying attention to recently because of the book that I'm reading that is explaining basically how the media has really turned everyone against each other and, and how they even question, you know, you know, you got reporters that's questioning their own jobs. Um, and why they do it. But I think the biggest part of it is just that we have this overarching uh, media and special interest groups that really put money into these other parties and say, well, look, we need to find a way to make them the front and center group versus, you know, a lot of other candidates that are, you know, there for the people seemingly you know, like we don't want those guys. Like, no, nah, nah, they they care they care about their citizens. No, nah, fuck that. Like, we need to you know see what we can do to make more money and get prescription drugs out there on people. Like, get people hooked. 
and make sure they don't legalize weed, but, but keep alcohol out there because alcohol is definitely good. You definitely wouldn't die from alcohol poisoning, but don't let them smoke weed where it might actually help their anxieties and, and you know, cure them with things. Dickheads. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely don't claim to have a vast knowledge in any way of um american politics at all and i know there are other parties as well but it just really strikes strikes me that it's the us is so big and yet it's really just divided between two whereas as i said the uk has a population of 67 million and although it has four main parties people are aware of the other parties as well they just are less popular so for me, that's quite staggering. Yeah, it, it's it always, you know, more so recently. But when I was younger, I remember asking that question to my grandparents. And, it, you know, my grandfather's like, you know, Jake, I just don't know. Oh. Uh, and, you know, then they tried to explain it. And, you know, I was a kid. So, you know, how that goes. Like, I asked a question, but in my mind, it's like, it was kind of rhetorical. I was just trying to be friendly. I'm going to go play Super Nintendo. <laughs> um, but, no, it is... It, it, it is a just a curious thing even here and like I'm definitely no expert on any politics here in the US because I, I like I just truly don't know anything and also with the internet it seems like everyone's an expert now especially when you go on Facebook it's like if, if we're at war suddenly everybody's uh, you know everybody suddenly has a PhD in you know, politics and in the election and, and, you know, why we're at war, then suddenly we have a, a pandemic going on. Now everybody's a certified virologist, mm. you know, and then like, Oh no, we, we had a hurricane and, and it wiped out another city. Oh, now everybody's an expert on, on natural disasters and, and hurricanes. And it's like, like, sometimes it's okay just to sit down and say, I don't fucking know. Yeah, and it's okay to, you know, sit back and say I'm willing to learn and be open to you know hearing things, but we just don't do that very well over here. And then when it comes to our two political parties, they don't do it very well either. I, I just find I find that interesting. I do find that interesting, but I think you're right. There's no there's no harm in saying I don't know. You know, I I don't. I don't know enough about this topic. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. I might do some research. I might not kind of thing. I think too many people jump on bandwagons that they didn't care about before, but it's popular and woke now. So people want yeah. to, everyone has something to say about something. But there are a lot of things that I don't know enough about to comment on, hence why yeah. I asked for your opinion about that. But something that I think our listeners will really take away from today's podcast is that we should all care more. We should be respectful and try and be patient and mindful of other people's perspectives. So those, for me, are really great takeaway points. So I thank you for sharing those with me and the listeners. Well, thank you for, you know, just, you know, asking questions that I never really thought about and, and that was one thing you know I, I want to you know when we discussed this I was like I don't want to know the questions ahead of time because number one I'll stress 
trying to you know make sure I get give the right answer, the perfect answer. And that's one thing with this podcast that I'd like to be genuine and authentic. Mm-hmm. I like to be, you know, if you ask me a question, the first thing that comes out of my mouth, that's that's what you're getting, you know, versus yeah. if I read an answer, it's like I'm gonna try to think of the perfect answer. And I feel like for me that's that's a lot more boring. I mean, hell, the Halloween episodes that I recorded, some of it had to really be edited out because <laughs> I, I was just in there with friends and just cracking jokes. And then some of the stuff I'm saying, it's like, you know, it wasn't horrible stuff. It was just like, dude, that was really, really off the rails. It, but that's that's what I do yeah. enjoy about doing podcasts and, and you know, just kind of letting it go as it is whereas yeah. you know, some people like to have an outline to be scripted and have things set up a certain way and and there's nothing wrong with that that's just not how i rock and roll i'm, I'm about just you know i don't well, off, off the mats and things. off the cuff off the cuff as well <laughs> yeah that's pretty much like yeah it's just like whatever's you know if you say to me because i i had another answer already planned when you started talking about the population of the u.s and the population of england i was like hmm Sounds like a lot of fucking going on. I don't know. (laughs) I can't really tell you what's going on over here. Like people need to, you know, get them get themselves together. But um, but no, thank you like for the questions because a lot of the questions that you asked are things that I hadn't really thought too too much about. So well, you know, the things with my grandparents for sure, but you know, for the most part, it was like all things I was like, wow, you know, you really got me kind of thinking and moving forward, it, you know, it, you know, kind of just in the back of my mind. So thank you. Is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to before we finish? Um, sure. <laughs> I would love to shout out, um, my friends over at Nerd Rage Radio. They're the reason why I even got into podcasting and stuff. That's where I got my start. So thank you to Bobby, Joe, and Chris, uh, you know, for always putting on a good show over there and having me on as a guest. Who knows? By the time this comes up, I might have been on another episode recently. (laughs) Maybe. Um, I I don't know the future. Um, And then um, shout out to Armbar Attic. They are, um, you know, a couple kids out there you know, with a t-shirt line and, you know, they're doing funny things over there on TikTok and, and Instagram. Uh, big shout out to Eric and Allie. They, you know, they're great kids. So you guys get the chance. Go check them out. Um, I can't say enough good things about them. And last but not least, I'd like to shout out our host here today, Miss Tiana Taylor. Thank you very much for doing this. This was a lot of fun and different. So, you know, I like to do things, have it shaken up a little bit, you know. Ooh, yeah, I think it was quite quite serious compared to how I've been on the show before. But thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I've really enjoyed it. No, it, no, thank you for doing this. Like like I said, you, like, I, I'm, one day we're going to get you some time. You're going to, you're going to have a podcast. You're going to do it. <laughs> well, every I've time, got some tips now. <laughs> every time you're on. Like it, it tends to do very, very well, like just out the gate very well. Still the single most uh, listened to episode just for a single episode 
you know, of all, and it's not even close. Like you're like second place is so far behind. It's like, yeah. Um, all right. You know, the, you know, <laughs> they'll catch up one day, but it ain't going to be anytime soon. But, um, so no people, people enjoy hearing you at least from my platform, I, I, from what I gather. And, and I'm a fan. I go back and, you know, listen to our episodes as well. So, Thank you for doing this. And, you know, one day we're going to get you with your own show, whether it be monthly or every so often, we're, we're going to get you recorded. That sounds cool. That sounds really good. Um, otherwise, how about you? Any shout outs on your end? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Chris at Excess Guard Mouthguards, my sponsor who makes sure I always have pearly white teeth. I make sure my teeth don't get knocked out in competitions. Oh, actually, that that is, I'm sorry, that is one, uh, um, I guess, stereotype or thing I've seen in, like, cartoons and shows, Brits have bad teeth. I've heard this. I've heard this, yes. And the few that I know do not. Well, I don't know, the one dude, he's <laughs> he, he could probably stand <laughs> to go visit a dentist. But, um, you know, yourself, uh, my good friend Michelle and her her family, no, everybody's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, I've heard a lot of Americans say that as well. Yeah, that British people have really bad teeth, and it's like, well, we don't have to pay really that much to go to the dentist at all. So it's yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, I don't know. That's an interesting one, but yeah, big shout out to Chris at Excess Guard Mouthguards. Shout out to Hyperfly Europe. And also Dr. Carl Biscobi, who's my um, injury sports psychologist. He can be found on Instagram. His handle is Evolve Your Injury. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So um, I guess, I, ooh, I don't know. Who should close this out? You or me? Hmm. I'll close it out. Thank you to everybody who's listened to the podcast. We do greatly appreciate you. Like I said, every time I turn this thing on, I get nervous and, and, you know, it, it always feels silly to me, but when I see that people are actually listening, it's like, okay, well, you know, so, you know, there's something to this. So thank you. I do greatly appreciate it. And, you know, again, you know, shout out to, you know, my peoples and, you know, if y'all got any questions, concerns, feel free to reach out to me off the match podcast on Instagram, bjj.wiki on Instagram. I also have an email address. I always say that, but I never mention it because I don't remember what it is, but I always put it in the notes. So go check that out. But um, otherwise, y'all got questions, concerns, reach out to me. I'm a very friendly person, I think. So I'm not going to say anything rude. I've never said anything rude to anyone except for elite sports. Um, otherwise, you guys keep listening and We'll keep making these shows. Thank you, Tiana, and thank you, everyone else. Goodbye. Goodbye. They promise it. Now let me see his song. So, Jake, who would you say is your biggest inspiration and why? Um... I think for me, my grandparents are uh, very inspiring. I guess they'd be my inspiration. Uh, you know, with my grandfather, one of the big things with him is, you know, he's he's a very bright, bright person, and hard worker. I mean, you know, in his youth, he worked on the Hoover Dam. 
don't know what he did on there, but he worked on Hoover Dam. He's terrified of heights. And that's crazy because for me, I'm not even going to consider taking a job if I'm scared of some shit. I'm scared of, I'm scared of rats. I'm scared of like rodents. And I was offered a job to be an exterminator. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fuck all that. But uh, my grandfather, you know, definitely, um, you know, just him being that kind of individual. And I think also there's just kind of the times though too. you work, you, you know, you get over your fears and I still kind of look at that as, you know, you know, it, it's admirable. Yeah. Um, you know, and as far as my grandma goes, it's just her patience and her uh, generosity and her, her love and nature. And I think most people's grandmas, you know, are that, that type of individual most. Uh, I think one of the big things with my grandma is that, you know, she raised seven children and then, you know, she turned around and then raised me. And it's like, you've got to have a lot of patience to raise seven, seven children, six of which were boys. Uh, and one was my mom and my mom may as well just been another one of the boys, you know? So she, she had her hands full as a, as a parent and her going through that. And then again, taking me on as a teenager of all times to, to, to pick, to adopt a kid, you, you pick, you know, a teenage boy, you know, who's got all the attitude in the world, which now I'm wondering where did my daughter get the attitude from, from me? Um, but one of the other things that stands out about my grandma is that, you know, I said she, you know, raised seven children and she did have, you know, another thing. She, she had, uh, what six boys? She ended up raising six boys and, and one one girl. She did have a second girl. It was uh, my my sis, my mom's younger sister, my grandmother's you know youngest daughter. She was hit by a drunk driver in a hit and run uh, situation, and everyone's devastated. My grandmother obviously devastated. You know the family's devastated. The stories that I hear of it, at least I wasn't there because it happened in the 60s, which was kind of a heavy time of um, racial turmoil, especially in Detroit, Michigan, and our family being black. And it turns out the driver who hit my uh, grandmother's daughter was a white male who was drunk midday. Uh, You know, she was five which is the same age as my daughter. So I'm especially, you know, you know, cautious about her being near the road. But the thing that stood out about my grandmother and her patience and her love is that despite her hurt and all the pain that she was going through, the pain that the family was going through and, you know, her being the, the mother of this family and really taking on a lot of that heartache and pain she was never angry, not outwardly at least. And during this time, it was during the civil rights movement here in the U.S. And with the driver being white, you know, so many people in the neighborhood ask, they say, um, hey, Mrs. Dante, do you want us to go get this guy? And my grandmother responded or at least again this is what i've heard 
actually this was from my grandmother she actually told me this story herself she said no because that's not going to help anyone it's not going to bring back my daughter and if you guys go after him and harm him now you're going to hurt another family and we don't need you know two families broken in this situation and that's been something that's always kind of stood out about my grandma's that just like being that way and just thinking you know we don't have to hurt other people to make ourselves feel better so that's one of those things that with my grandma i always keep that in mind is like she is an extremely loving person an extremely caring person and and and, and you know just thoughtful you know yeah. when it comes to others so when it comes to you know inspiration it's definitely my grandparents um and just you know how they handle life and and you know they're kicking around now in their 90s still active my grandfather still works out every day my grandmother still out there doing crossword puzzles and sudoku and playing chess i mean you know if there's anyone that's gonna fucking make it the 200 it's probably them <laughs> all the shit that they're doing i mean my grandfather's body's breaking down <clears throat> but he's you know still pushing you know he's yeah. not letting anything slow him down he's got diabetes you know the discipline that this dude exhibits hell I can't go into a 7-Eleven without buying a fucking honey bun. And this dude, he can't eat sugar at all. And it's been that way. I've been, you know, here in Maryland for 30 years, upcoming. He hasn't eaten sugar since we've been in Maryland. So 30 years without sugar, I can't even go a day. <laughs> so my hat's off to that guy. But yeah, they're, they're my inspiration and I love them to death. Oh, lovely. Well, thank, thank you, Jake. 